Well, well, hello, Katie. How's it going tonight? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Very good. Just got some grub here. Deal. I got my tea. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Did the first part out here. But... Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finally figured out how to edit so it works a little bit better like that. Oh, good. <clears throat> it sounds good, the audio. Does it? I'm doing it on my iPad tonight. I've never tried it before. Mm. It sounds so, real, real profesh. Right? Before, my phone would shut it off and shit, and I just had troubles with it, so. Um, I am looking through my notes, and, like, I think it's a really tough thing to bring up. One of the hardest challenges as far as, like, my experience in this industry is the ranch wives. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's something that I should bring up. Oh, it's something to be aware of, yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't make it such a point, though. I'll touch on it and then move on. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, hang on just a second here. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But we'll probably start out with just how you got into it and growing up in it and whatnot. Okay. Um, should I introduce myself? Yeah, I, I kind of will. Okay. All right, one, two, three, go. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're in the saddle shop tonight with Katie Swope. Uh, Katie, tell us a little bit about where you got started. Um, we're going to talk a lot about being a female in the ranching industry and how she got into it and some of the challenges that she's had. So go ahead, Katie, with how you got um, started in. I think you grew up in it really, didn't you? So I'm a fourth generation Montana cattle rancher. Um, I started in this industry by working with my mom mainly. Um, she, whatever she was doing, I was just soaking it up like a sponge. And like if she was in the garden, I was playing in the dirt. If she was riding, I was playing in the yard with my siblings. Or um, as I got a little older, I could ride with my brother or mom. And then as I got a little older still, I found myself riding horses that were kids horses when we had some and um, I just really fell in love with working outside with my parents and sure. um, was that a cow calf deal then yeah so okay that's in western Montana <clears throat> and there's not a whole lot of cowboying over there but it's good cow country and sure um, I really took an interest in cowboying um, when I was about six or seven, I got some horses that were actually kids' horses that I could ride. So, And then I just started reading books and hearing stories from my brothers and uncles and dad. And um, My parents definitely encouraged me to follow my own path. And yeah, it's kind of led me here. Sure. So how did you get your first job? Was it hard getting started i mean you didn't have a whole lot of um experience aside from just you know the family ranch type of deal right right um <clears throat> i worked for my neighbors a lot um yeah. when i was 12 i started feeding steer dairy calves that they got from the state prison and then when i was 13 i started working for the neighbors who 
just had bought this place. They were just learning and uh, she had done a lot of English riding. So I really fell in love with horses at that point. Sure. But when I turned 18, I wanted to get more into the ranching aspect. And I, I looked on Craigslist and found a job in Glendive on a Charlet outfit <clears throat> and went and worked for them for about eight months. Um, started out in the feedlot and then went to cabin heifers in February. So that was a huge culture shock. Yeah, I um, bet. It was a crash course. <laughs> Probably the biggest <laughs> one in my whole career. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different when you go to work on an outfit than it is just working, you know, with family too. And Definitely. Yeah, I'm sure that was pretty tough to get used to too. Yeah. And like the, value, <clears throat> the values that my parents kind of instilled were keep your mouth shut and just do whatever you're told. And um, there's not a whole lot of arguing or standing up for yourself, even if you have to. So that was sure. a big deal for me. Yeah. So was everybody pretty inviting to you when you first got there? Um, not particularly. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I was the first girl that they had ever hired. Um, so there, there was a little bit of raised eyebrows or, you know, just everybody was watching you, but nobody right. would, nobody would, uh, especially the ranch wives, you know, nobody would ever speak up and say anything it was all just really you know watching me sure so um as far as my immediate boss though uh he really did take me under his wing him and his wife were great to me um but the rest of the crew not really yeah do you think it was because you need to prove yourself or do you think it was because you's a um first girl working there probably a combination and yeah. also i was very quiet <clears throat> i didn't talk back then so <laughs> <laughs> nobody knew your true colors then, uh. <laughs> yeah I've, I've learned to find my voice a lot more <laughs> <laughs> but so then from there where'd you go um i went to another cow calf operation also in eastern montana um I had a lot of family in the area, though, so that made it a lot easier. Uh, that sure. was near near Broadus, Montana, and um, my brother worked on the next ranch over, so I had him to call and help me when I needed him, oh, and, yeah. um, and his boss was really great to me, too. We traded help a lot, and that was a really, really good experience after the first one I was... No, I'm not going to say burned out, but I was pretty tired. <laughs> yeah. So do you think starting out in a feedlot, do you think that's a good idea? Um, I guess it just kind of depends what you're looking <clears throat> for. Uh, it was very educational as far as medicines. Um, I think Draxon had just come out. Sure. So they jumped on that bandwagon and we, I got to, use a lot of Draxon. And you got certified and everything too, I'm sure. Sure. The BQA getting certified to give shots? No. No, it was all just kind of taught. Oh, it wasn't. 
that might have been before. I think now you got to be certified to do all that crap. But. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure my bosses were, they were all yeah. really good about that. Um, they, they were very good to me um, sure. as far as education. It must have worked out all right because you said there are several other girls that's worked there since then, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, one of them, I I mean, I wouldn't say a close friend, but definitely a close acquaintance. And we had worked together uh, several years after they hired her right about the time I was leaving the first time. So, um, and she ended up staying there for six years and they had a great deal going. So. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I feel good about that. Yeah. Blazing the trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, at different times, um, like when I needed a job and stuff, it's always easy to get a job at a stockyards or a feedlot. And right. it's, it's secure. You know, you always have that money coming in if you really want to pursue it. Well, yeah, and that's what I try to tell people that if you're wanting to get into it and you don't really have you know, the means to do it, you don't have a pickup and trailer, you don't have the horses or whatever, it's like, I mean, if you can walk and you can breathe, you can probably get a job on a feed yard somewhere doing something. Oh, definitely. Even, even if you're scooping shit, I mean, it's still you're still getting around that and you're still learning to read cattle for one and then being around that crowd you're going to pick up stuff whether you want to or not yeah and not only the experience but the networking i mean you get to talk to the truckers you get to talk to other employees and the neighbors like the the network in this industry is huge oh yeah if you know somebody in ranching there's a chance that somebody in your area knows you know somebody oh, related yeah. to them or something but yeah it's a it's a small small world just you know moving moving up here i don't know was it seven or eight hours and i move here and then all of a sudden like the neighbors and people i'm day working for they um knew somebody well like Braden garwood i mean he was out here on the cinch buckle and his mom used to babysit us and like oh my gosh! Everybody that I run into, the like Nolan, <clears throat> he grew up down there, and he knew some of the same people. He went to the same um, church group deal that my dad was in, and and oh, uh, Owen Tangeman, his cousin. I went to high school with her. <laughs> it's just a, it's a small world, so you got to watch what you're doing, you know. For sure. Yep. But, but yeah, like you said, if you know know somebody they usually know somebody else that can find you a job here or there if yeah. if they're willing to stick their neck out for you but that's that's kind of hard to do yeah too. i've been extremely blessed um as far as having family in this industry i can see how it would be really hard if you didn't yeah um, but there's on the opposite side of that coin work ethic says a lot more than who you know and what you grew up yeah with. yeah Well, and if you're at a, you know, if it is a feed yard and you're working hard and you want to move on, if you did a good job, you know, they're going to call and kind of find out what you're all about. So if you did put your work in and and was honest about it, you'll be able to get a job at the next one. The more you do that, the more you got on your resume, you know, 
Yep, exactly. I think so many people, they want to start right out on a cow-calf deal, which is awesome, but I think that's kind of the top tier, and they don't know anything. For sure, they have have this image in their head of what cowboying looks like, and it's not drudging through the poop that's right when it's cold and crappy out yep well and if if you uh if you're around some guys and get start in a feedlot and then you know eventually you work up to that but you know honestly if if you're not confident in fixing machinery or building fence or welding pipe or you know chaining a tire up to get home and and don't know how the check ca- or shouldn't say don't know how to check cows but maybe you don't know how to pull a calf or when to pull a calf or if you're green it's just it's really hard for someone to give you a job because it's honestly you're a hindrance for the most you're a part. liability yeah so i don't if if i was hiring somebody and they didn't really know no. what they were doing and i was out gathering pastures i mean you're constantly wondering where they're at and what they're doing, if they're lost or upside down in the canyon or what, whatever. Absolutely. But, you know, if I, if I hire a uh, day working guy and I know him and I know he's going to cover his circle, I don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. But. Okay. Yep. So you moved to Broadus and you got a job. You said a cow calf deal. Here. Another cow calf deal, yep. And okay. then um, I went home that fall. I started in the spring. Um, my folks had a fire on their place, and I went home to help them do some fencing and kind of put oh, yeah. things back together. And Tana for the next five years or so, on and off. Just you know, I got a couple other jobs. I was um a little bit. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in ranching. Like, the money wasn't great. The work was really hard. I was getting a little bit... uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I was just questioning um, if this was the right lifestyle for me. Sure. And um, my parents were super... They encouraged me to go to school if I wanted to, um, stay in it if I wanted to, but to really try and stand up for myself more and ended up getting back into it um with several different jobs kind of boom 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 one after the other but um ended up going back to the stockyards when I was having a tough time in Billings and I made some really great connections there and um and that was also kind of a culture shock it's just another aspect that people don't really think about sale day is supposed to be the fun day and and for somebody who works there full time um it's kind of a miserable b word (laughs) (laughs) it's part of it you know if you don't if you don't get that learning curve you don't understand what people are going through back there how the critters are you know that's just another aspect out on if you don't take the opportunity to try it right well and even just working in sale burn you know shaping up cattle for uh, selling and 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 guessing weights and stuff like that that all helps you out down the road too immensely yeah um 
I bounced around a little bit. Um, I was in South Dakota for a little bit and then Miles City. And then I moved back down towards Hammond, Broadus area, and made some really good connections there. Um, and then I landed on a place back out in Otter, uh, Broadus area, where I had worked when I was 18. So I knew the country, I knew the neighbors. It was a cow calf deal and um, another close friend of yours and mine. Uh, and I stayed yeah. there for two years on in a remote cow camp. So that was yeah. probably probably experience I've had thus far as far as getting to know a place and being responsible for 300 plus head of cows. It was yeah. amazing. You, you're out there on your own on that one. Yeah, except for big days, and you know, I would come to the main place to help them, and we right. got to we got to have a crew once in a while, and that was always so much fun. Yeah, that's where I met you, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, so how long? I forgot how long was you out there? You didn't have any water. Um, it was. Let me think. I got there in the spring. <clears throat> it was still snowing, and I think. Um, I went through that summer without water and I think it was closer to fall time when we did some water plumbing in there. It was about the middle of the summer before I got electricity, but no, no, no. The first winter, um, I didn't have water. So it would have yeah, been I was going to say, it would have been like, I thought you went about a year without any water, but you yeah. Had... Cause you run extension cords to the house or something there for a while, and yeah, for, for electricity. But then um, <clears throat> I would go down to the neighbors to take a shower when I needed one. So, oh, yeah. Or well, I tried to build my own, but that didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. It was it was about a year or a little over. Yeah. And then, um, did you have propane in there? Did you do all your cooking outside too? Um, at first I did my cooking outside. Um, we built a cool fire pit and then my mom had sent me with this like little electric hot plate thing that you can use with pans. Oh yeah. But I could only run like, I only had one extension cord so I could only run, you know, one <laughs> thing of power. It was either the little heater or the cooker deal or my little uh, toaster oven so I did most of my cooking outside, but then it must have been, well, it was still snowing then. Um, a couple months later, one of the neighbors, I don't really know anything about it. I came home one day and there was a propane stove in my house. <laughs> yeah. So I had heat then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that worked really good, but I still did most of my cooking outside. But it was great. Like... It wasn't easy necessarily, but I could be feral because I wasn't around people at all. Right. Yeah, it's like what seventy miles from town. Yeah, from yeah. Uh, from, from Broadus and Sheridan, I was kind of right stuck in the middle, and then yeah, it was a wee bit closer to Ashland, but like, it, there's not much in Ashland, so yeah, I couldn't really do any shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that yeah. was a little place out there, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a converted 
basically an old bachelor shack that looked like a chicken coop from the outside. That was incognito, though, because I had the inside fixed up super cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a neat cow camp. But... So from there you went, where'd you end up? Did you go to the padlock after that, right? I went to the padlock for a year and a half. And okay. um, it was, it, I mean, it's a corporate deal. So it's run a lot different than a family deal. And um, there was a lot more cows. True. So that was a big change for me. Um, and water was definitely an issue. Uh, it's a lot, lot tougher to come by up there. And yeah, when you're running more cows, you're just, you just have so much more to check and keep things going. So, yeah. Do you think there's advantages of going to a corporate deal than a family one? Um, you know, looking back, um, I do. I think it's a really good opportunity to get a different perspective. Um, because I'm, you know, most ranches, or not most ranches, a lot of the big ranches supply the most meat, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's good to to get an understanding of that. Um, I'm not if I would go back and do that because of the politics, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's anywhere you go, I think. But... For sure. It was just so much different than what I was used to and um yeah right so what are some of the challenges that you had just just in general being female in the on a man's crew or was did you have was there anywhere else that you was working where there's another gal um yeah that first outfit I worked on uh the second time I came to help them calve um they had a girl at this point who had been there for a while and I got to work with her a little bit. Um, but most of the time, no, uh, it's been either me and my coworker guys. And, um, you know, I've had quite a few challenges as far as that goes, because obviously, I, I mean, like at the time I had bleached blonde hair, I guess I, I worked a lot, so I was in good shape, and you get a lot of, um, I I don't know if it's, if it's jealousy, you know, because you're working with these men, and a lot of times their wife or significant other might be jealous that you get to spend more time with them, and they're worried that, you know, you might be a threat, and I think one of my biggest lessons that I've learned from that, it's been a huge challenge, but I've learned from that is establishing a really trusting relationship with her right yeah. off the bat and just making it very clear that you're here to work and to get paid and that's it, you know? Yeah. And definitely don't put yourself out there as a threat. Right. It's, it's just silly. Um, as a young person, you don't always know. You think that, you know, these are adults. They they know better. And there's no me as a threat, but it doesn't always work that way. So. Right. Well, it don't help when you're hot. 
<laughs> the moral, moral of the story, Probably. if you're going to do it, you need to be ugly, I guess. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I couldn't say for sure. It probably yeah. could probably doesn't help if you're hot yeah yeah i wouldn't think so anyway but um and then another thing too is you're on a on a man crew men and women communicate differently i believe oh yeah a hundred percent just we're we're different on so many levels but communication you know something that might hurt my feelings you're going to think it's hilarious you know Right. Or yep. vice versa. And it's just learning that to speak a different language, basically. Um, because my dad and brothers didn't talk that way around my sisters and mom and I, you know. Right. So I didn't get to witness that until I worked out on my own. So. Right. Yeah. And it's, I, I had to, I don't know. I, I grew up on a family place and, you know, I said, my aunt or my mom or cousins or there's always a gal around, you know, and then after I got married, my ex was there all the time too, or most of the time, but yeah, it's a lot like having a border collie dog, I think, because something that you can, you can say something in a different tone and they're going to stew on it for the next five hours, but right. it didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> and I'm not saying all gals are like that, but you just, you definitely have to have a different um, co uh, communication skill, I guess, like what you were saying, like, I, I like a good can... mayor, they'll, they'll do everything in their power to, to do a good job for you if you treat them square. But if you're kind of a dick, they're going to be, have their ears pinned back for the next two months. Oh yeah. Trying to underhand yeah yeah <laughs> and i can see that um i think it it also depends a lot on how you were raised i guess oh yeah um yep. where i in my mind at this point i'm all about peace just compromise as much as you can if you absolutely can't stand somebody and they're just being blatantly disrespectful that might be the time to maybe remove yourself from the situation because you're not going to change them. Yeah. Um, that's a big lesson that, that I have had to learn. But another thing too is um, kind of learning how to stand up for yourself in a classy way. It's not stooping to their level, but you're also saying, Hey, that's not okay. Right. Um, where it, you know, if they cross the line, but for the most part, like, we've been talking about we just have different styles of communication and totally. if you can learn how to bridge that gap the um the guys on the crew don't have to be worried about offending you and you don't have to you don't have to to take things that seriously i guess <laughs> i don't know i've struggled with that a lot especially when i was younger i mean like my first job i went home probably 50% of the time and cried myself to sleep but you get to a point where it's like this is not my problem I'm doing the best I can and and you'll come to find that a lot of times they're not you know they're not singling you out you don't need to take it personally and in defense of you know the girls out there guys just say stupid shit 
don't yeah. take it personally. <laughs> it's not about yeah. you. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're on a cowboy crew, there's, if you're not getting harassed, you're probably not in the group, you know, like if they didn't like you, they wouldn't harass you. That is so true. And sometimes I think, you know, they'll take it the wrong way that you might be picking on them or something. Well, you're just giving them a hard time just like you do everybody else, but they'll take it literal and right. And that never ends well. Right. And I've been guilty as heck, but I've also seen guys who take things personal too. So Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I mean, it's not a hundred percent a gender issue. But no. definitely for you know, and I've seen like women calving it fits yeah we're we're nurturing it's our natural capacity to fulfill that side of things and we excel at it a lot of us oh yeah so um we we all have our strengths and i think that it's finding that in yourself and you know you don't have anything to prove if you are just fulfilling your capacities what you're naturally made to do yeah i know a lot of times like if i was hiring someone i'd almost just assume hire a gal especially if it was something to do with equipment because if you tell a gal how to run something and they go out there and something starts making a weird noise they'll shut it down and wait for you to come and check it out and see what's going on oh my gosh that's so interesting (laughs) where most of the guys you know turn up the radio and give her hell and see what happens you know Right. Oh, I can I can make it back to the house or whatever. But usually, not all the time. Usually, uh, females are a lot easier on equipment. That is very yeah. interesting. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Um, yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah. But you know, I've rotted around my fair share of pickups and tractors. But oh yeah, but I mean. It, it seems like uh, more so if a gal doesn't know, she's more apt to ask you and, and do it how you want to. Oh, definitely. We're, we're big into communication. Like, words yeah. are, are definitely important. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I've I've day worked with a lot of people that we just trot off in the morning and say, hell, you don't know, have any idea what you're doing. He might tell you to bring two horses or... Um, you, you might need a horse you can do something on, but that's about it. Right. And he he won't say anything for two or three miles. And then he might just point a direction and like, what the hell's going on? Where do I go? <laughs> we gather yeah. in this pasture. Am I supposed to go to the next or, you know, but, and some people have a real hard time with that, but usually you can kind of figure out what's going on if you just pay attention a little bit. But. Right. Yeah. And I've always made a habit of looking to the person with the most experience. Um, and usually that's an older guy. Because if you're looking, they will give you clues. Yep. But you have to be quiet and pay attention. Yeah. Yep. And, and if you're really lost, you wait until, like, you know, Till everybody splits up and then you ride up and ask them and they're not going to belittle you if they're any kind of man you know yeah well if you if you're white about it you know if you go up and you truly are you need some help well 
that's their job to help you out because they need to make sure everybody's doing their job. And if you don't know what the hell your job is, it's pretty hard to do it. Absolutely. And too, like when the, when the whole crew is working together, it looks good. It feels good. Yeah. You know, and it brings morale up. Everybody's having a good time and joking around. Definitely. But if, if one person is confused or, or angry about that, it just brings everything down. Oh, yeah. If you got to turn around and back ride somebody's circle and you get pissed off and then you run into the next guy and you tell him about being pissed off. <laughs> it just, it's, it's a cycle, I guess. But yeah. if you get a good crew and everybody's good to get along, man, it can be a lot of fun. But oh, man. the days you get a shitty crew, man, it makes for long days. It does. Yeah. And I found like, as I get older and more experienced, you, the bad days will come. You will have bad days and it doesn't matter how high you're flying. You're going to have some bad days. And the best thing you can do is just keep your attitude up and let it, let it go away. It, the day day will pass. Um, and just breathe through it because it will get better. There will be nice spring days where you just feel so free again. So, yeah. Um, I'm currently on an all girl crew. Um, my owners, you know, significant others do work horseback sometimes, but for the most part, it's just us girls. And this has been a huge game changer for me because I didn't know, I didn't know that that kind of communication could exist <laughs> and like in harmony, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've been really blessed to have found that, but um, it's very hard to find and I'm not yeah. trying to, tr- not trying to be braggadocious here, but um, when you do find it, you really appreciate it. So um, another kind of point that I wanted to touch on, I made this up when I was pondering by myself at cow camp a couple years ago. Um, a ranch hand is an independently employed producer. And that's given me a lot of pride, I guess. It, sometimes you need a little bit of pride to build you up, but it also puts it into perspective that you're a major part of a production. And you know, you can't take that away. Yeah. Um, being an owner, there's another major pride, but being somebody who's actively every day out there doing the work, you're just as big of a part in it as anybody else. Oh, yeah. And I think that gets missed a lot that, you know, especially like, say, a cow-calf deal, you go in and everybody's sitting at the sale barn and the boss man's up there and and you know everybody's looking at him well hell you're the one that done 90 percent of the work or you know a lot of it and sometimes those guys are the ones that are still at home and and taking care of everything but they don't get that recognition so it's nice when you know when it comes branding time and stuff like that and and you got your neighbors around there and everybody can kind of see you know you're you're doing your part and you might not get recognition at the sale barn, but the guys around there know. Right. 
Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times if they're having trouble, they know who's good at what because they've been to the brandings or they've been to to the place when you're loading cows for them or something. And they see, you know, there's not a whole lot of recognition outside the ranch, but when it comes, it always feels really good because you know that you earned it. Yeah, yep. I don't think people have the the understanding now is like before with all the um facebook and stuff i mean you can put pictures on and everybody will ooh and all over that and think how great a hand you are in reality you might not be worth a crap and the guy that's not putting any pictures on and just out there doing his job he's not getting any recognition for it Right. But the, but that guy when he he rides up to you and hey nice loop or you know like I really like the handle on your horse or something like that it it means a hell of a lot more to you from a quiet guy that's just doing his thing than it is a you know a, a real boastful guy. Absolutely. Yep. I could not agree more with that. Um, usually, you know just day working or ranching if you're around new people i'm always more drawn to the more quiet ones because oh yeah they're looking they're paying attention and they're not looking you know taking pictures trying to get a good facebook pic (laughs) (laughs) those are the kind of people that you no i shouldn't say this never mind (laughs) (laughs) it seems like it's always irritating when somebody's back there taking pictures and you're trying to get work done but then at the same time you see the pictures later on of you and you're like, hell, that was pretty cool. Maybe we should keep him on a little longer. Hell, he can sit in back and take pictures so we look cool on Facebook, I guess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Me and a lot of my girlfriends who are in the industry, uh, like, we all say the same thing. I'm always the one taking pictures of everybody else. Yeah. And, and most of the time, I don't get any taken of me because I'm like, okay, I might snap a picture but then I'm back to work. And like when I'm working, I'm like a little hobbit. Yeah. I just like hunker down and I'm I'm trying to avoid pictures and like trying to do my job. So Oh, I'm just I, I have very <laughs> few pictures that I actually take, but if I do have them, it's um either got a critter tied down and you gotta get your Facebook picture or Oh definitely ride and drag, but it, if I'm actually working, I mean, I'm there, I'm getting paid to work. Right. I'm not screwing around on my phone. And, I, I've kind of had a little bit of per- perspective change on that um, because I've really gotten more into poetry and stuff in the last five years. And, um, you know, just trying to recognize the cowboy uh, the guy that works and doesn't go to town and yep. um, there's a huge part of that that's like you know how many cowboys have never had their picture taken oh, like yeah. when they're cowboy and like there's so many that never got any recognition for all that they had done and who were so damn handy I can't even imagine back in the day Yep. and just kind of trying to honor them through your work and understand that damn like they weren't after a Facebook picture ever they didn't even know what it was they had all of their focus and intention on the job at hand 
and there's a there's a huge difference in people nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking your picture or you know I I just I have a hard I wish I was better at taking pictures actually. Yeah, that, me too. I just when I'm out there doing something I'm doing it and some guys are right with like I said it's they're over there taking pictures but then at the end of the day you're like, "Oh man, that's a badass picture." Oh yeah, definitely. So it's cool to have some guys that do like to take pictures. Definitely. And yeah. And like I said, you can honor the cowboy in a lot of different ways, but um, sometimes just a snapshot of them doing their work is amazing. I've gotten some really good shots out working of guys that I really respect a lot. Some of them are no longer with us, but I look back on those and I just, I remember that time and think, man, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was always nice having you on the crew because we get cool pictures. <laughs> hey, I was sneaky about it, though. <laughs> yeah, you was. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so if a, if a young gal is trying to get started in the ag and what kind of advice would you, or not even just a gal, like any, anybody trying to get started in it? Um, you know, I would really stay away from Craigslist or Ranch World ads. A lot of those, <laughs> this is really terrible, but a lot of those ads just stay up for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And, um, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give is do your do your checking up on them or check them out before you go there or before you agree to anything. Um, if you can get neighbors and other people who have worked there to give you uh, kind of their take on things, because if you get people repeatedly saying the same thing, um, negative things, you know, yeah, um, it might be a good place to stay away from. Um, and I hate to be harsh, but, you know, when I was 18, I thought I was going to change the world. (laughs) I thought I was going to be ranching's, like, big, you know, superstar or something. I was gonna, I was gonna do so much. But I learned that, um, you step into a place, they are set in their ways, and you you're a peon you're not going to change anything until you have years of experience there or or elsewhere um but yeah if they have a running ad on craigslist or ranch world ads that means they're going through a lot of help so try to avoid that yeah that's good advice if you can um you know networking is huge uh you just put word out there. This is what you're looking for. Um, start working on your resume. If you don't have any experience mechanicing, get some experience mechanicing. Start changing your own oil. You know, just look some YouTube videos up. YouTube is extremely helpful. Sure. Um, getting on, uh, working for somebody in the hayfield for a while, you get pretty handy at figuring that stuff out too. Definitely. Yeah. It's not a real glamorous job, but it's definitely something that you need to know if you're going to, especially like cow calf deal, but 
in general, just learning how, <clears throat> how to do stuff. And yeah, if, if you have a problems, um, just figuring out how to make it work to get you home or whatever, but definitely. And just how I, to make it work. Yeah. I mean, I really don't like turning wrenches, but <clears throat> there's things that you need to be able to do too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. My brother told me probably about five years ago, I was complaining about mechanicing. And he said, you know, I don't really like to mechanic either. And he's a good mechanic. And he said, I had to learn it for my job. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just, it made me quit complaining about mechanicing. Because, yeah, it's dirty, it's gross. But hey, you you fixed something. You made it work. And you, you should be proud of that, too. It's kind of like building fence. I mean, you don't have to be professional at it, but you damn sure need to be able to get the job done. Definitely. And yeah. I'm not talking swapping out motors and all that crap, but just your simple stuff and yeah. welding and, and, you know, Putting they're just grease. so, yeah, just, grease in the just so much stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you know how to do... Even just basic things like that, if you can kind of build on that, you'll be indispensable. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of places that they don't want you to have any experience. And it seems like feedlots are one of those places that, you know, they'll hire a lot of people fresh out of college or high school that don't know anything because they can teach them how they want them to do all that. Yes, absolutely. They're moldable. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to say this, too, but you can run on a dream for a little while. If you have this image and this glamorous, you know, idea of how things are going to be. Oh, man, you can get a lot of work done for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think. I I think the feed darts a really good place to get started if you don't know very much i think you know getting on a processing crew i mean that'd be huge getting around cattle and getting around the cowboy crew and absolutely even if you're just running a feed feed truck until you can get a horse bought or something like that them guys you know if you get in with them they'll throw you on a horse and borrow you a saddle or whatever and have you come help check pens or process or i mean just getting there is is the is the battle and you don't have to have a pickup and trailer and, and several head of horses. I mean, you can show up to the feedlot in a beat up res car. Yeah. And be like, Hey, I need to borrow a pickup and trailer. You go pick up two horses. I'm riding for a gal. And the feedlot will provide you a pickup and trailer. It's not like it's a personal vehicle. Right. They're like, yeah, go take it. And I mean, they just beat the hell out of it anyway. They don't care. Go do that. And, shit they'll 98 percent of the time have a house for you and give you beef and you're not gonna you're not gonna die there you know from starvation or or not having a place to live they take care of you definitely they they want you to be there they'll help you out and carry horses and feed horses and shoe horses and and i think that gets overlooked a lot i think so it's it's daunting yeah Um, I want to get into it, but I don't know anything about it. So it's really, um, uh, I don't know, intimidating. 
Yes. But especially a job like that, they'll help you out and and they they want you to work there. They'll they'll make it right somehow. Right. Or, you know, it's like I said, get there and borrow a pickup and trailer for one of the other cowboys. They're they're there to help you out. I can't tell you how many times I've had to borrow a pickup and trailer. Um, my first job I had a 73 Volkswagen Super Beetle and I tooled around in that thing for years and then you know just finally got to the point where I had my own horse trailer and my own pickup but I was 26 darn years old you know yeah I mean it took a long time for me because I had other obligations at certain times but it it shouldn't have to take that long i'm just slow <laughs> <laughs> but like you said people will take care of you oh yeah your neighbors neighbors have been indispensable for me yeah yep well and if you're working on a ranch i mean they usually have a ranch pickup and trailer that if you need to you can borrow or, or you know just like i said feedlot deal or but yeah i think that gets overlooked a lot that intimidating and i don't have a horse or i don't have this or whatever but you can still get into it somehow and then work your way up yeah yeah saving is important it's uh it's not always easy but no if you get your own you damn sure learn how to appreciate it (laughs) yeah what else what other pieces of advice or even other things that you've had um, harder times with or you um, do you think being a female made a difference somewhere um you know I'd like to touch on communication again because that's a huge factor I mean the boss communicates what they want and it is a hundred percent up to you to understand what they want if that means asking questions, um, you know, maybe not asking questions and screwing it up so you can learn. Like everybody does things differently, but um, just learning how to communicate with your supervisor at the time and trying to make it as harmonious as possible. It makes for a lot better experience there, even if some things aren't great if you're actively working on your communication, um, that makes things a lot easier because you're trying and you're learning about other people too, you know, where they fail with communicating. Um, but basically if you learn how to communicate effectively, you're going to have a lot more success. Yeah. I th- it probably don't make a whole lot of sense, but I think communication sometimes is a lot less talking and a lot more listening. Definitely. And I think, especially when you're green and, you know, you think you know everything and, well, this is how I did it in my part of the country or, you know, whatever, you're talking too much and you're not listening. You know, <laughs> right. that guy's been there for a long time or he's a head cowboy for a reason. Right. If, if you're going to new country or new place, and well, this is how we did it at, at this place. Well, good for you, but that's not how we do it here. So shut up and pay attention. Yep. And the more more times that you're like, 
well, we, I think we should do it like this or like that or, you know, this is dumb. The little, they're going to quit telling you how to do stuff and just let you screw up everything up oh, until absolutely. you get fired to get rid of you. Yep. It, if you think you know everything, then they're not going to be able to teach you anything anyway, so why waste their breath? And especially a lot of them guys that are real quiet. Like, if you if you get done at the end of the day and just you're honest about it and and especially if you know you screwed up somewhere they notice they they know what you did wrong they're not gonna say anything but right if, if you bring it up though and you're like yeah you'd be like hey what would you have done here and yeah and most of them guys they'll help you out and well you know if it were me i'd have done this or that and yeah. and they want you to succeed but if you're loud mouth and think you know everything they ain't gonna waste their time on you such a two-way street though because um i've noticed in the last couple of years um you know people have started asking me what i think more sure and when that comes you can give them your honest opinion and then you know if they're your supervisor or whatever then they can decide but up until that point, it's usually a good idea to keep your mouth shut unless you know. Yeah. You know, and basically cows, I guess there's different breeds and they've all been trained a little bit differently. But if you're paying attention, you know, paying attention to your body language, nobody's perfect, but there's some people who are just so damn good and they're a joy to watch because they feel things, you know? Yep. And when you get to witness somebody like that, it just makes you want to emulate them. And if, if you get to that point, in my mind, it doesn't really matter the direction somebody gives or whatever. You're just completely feeling that situation. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of what I... Well, it's no different than, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'll talk to people and I'll be uh, working on a horse or something like that. Well, how'd you get him to do that or this or whatever? And, like, you know, the horse will talk. Any kind of animal will talk. You just have to know how to listen. And it's the same way with people. Like they might not say anything all day. But if you know how to listen, you can learn way more from them not saying a word than you would if you sitting there jabbering their ear off. Definitely. Yep. Nature. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I won't keep you. I'm sure you got other stuff to do. And try to yeah. keep these things to about an hour, I guess. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it felt like a really good talk. I'm yeah, glad, glad you invited me. Heck yeah, we're trying going to try to get some more gals on and just talk about you know being a female in the ranch industry. And so, if any of my listeners out there are wanting to get on here and talk some, let me know. Shoot me a message or or whatever on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, Coyote Valley Saddle Shop. But you got any closing words, Katie? Um. Don't take shit.
but be kind. <laughs> Walk soft and <laughs> carry a big stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like it. All right. We're going to get off here and we'll see you folks down the road. Thanks, Katie. Yep. Thanks, Corey. Bye-bye.